You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. In the laws of Eir of Tavshilin, since it is a rabbinical law, there are kulas, there are leniencies that we do allow. One thing is that if a person forgets and it's all the way, it's already almost meaning it's almost Yontav already. Well, is it too late to put the Erev? We say even though the sun has gone down, you forgot to do the Erev, you can still do the Erev, even if it's a possibility it might already be Yontav already because we're Mekel on this Tarabonim. Um, now, obviously, uh, the question is even worse if you've already been Makabo Shabbos, Makabo Yontav already. You've already said, and, and it's then you have a double problem. It's late, and you've already acted like it's Yontav. Is it too late? So, this is a question that um, the Mishnah says that if the Tzibor hasn't yet Davin Mariv, you can do your, uh, even though. You know they've said Baruchul, you know they've begun the davening, but if they haven't yet daven Mariv, then we are Mako if this is your only option. Now, um, the one of the reasons why you might not need the option, we'll talk about this later, is that the idea that the Rav makes the Eruv for everyone. So... The problem with using that is that you're not able to use that consistently. You don't want to, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like a demerit against you. You don't want to have to rely on the Rav more often than necessary. Because sometimes if you if you forget a number of times, you're not allowed to rely on the Rav anymore. So you don't want to use your get out of jail free card of relying on the rabbi unless you really need to. Um, next. What is the Erev Tavshilin essentially? Well, it should be Pas and Tavshil. In other words, the best thing to do is there should be the sense of a meal. And even in today's cowardly conscious world, carob, um, carb-hating world, it's still a bread and some sort of baked item or cooked item. Now, let's say all you, you don't have any bread, but you have a cooked item, a piece of gefilte fish, something that you've cooked. What's the halacha? So, um, we can see here in the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch tells us, One tavshil, even a tavshil itself is mutter. Now, why? Why is only one mutter? So Mishnah says that really, Mahalocha, all you need is something, one cooked item. And that is most of the poskim hold that way. There are poskim that hold that you need bread, but, and we'd like it to be able to do everything, but the evidence is mutter. Now, let's say, now, the, the, the reason why the poskim say you need bread and gefilte fish or something else or a piece of kugel is that each one is supposed to symbolize 
a method of cooking. Bread is about baking, and the fish is about cooking. At one, they're two different methods. So therefore, the Mishnah says that let's say all you, you don't need to bake anything; you just need to cook. So even lekatchila, you don't need to use bread. This is a big chiddush. You might have thought, "Oh, I got to have a matzah." No, you don't. If all you're planning on do is, is 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 making meat and soup, and you're not planning on baking anything, you don't really need the other item because the two items represent the two different modes. Now, um, let's say um, you start off with a piece of fish, and then you forget, "Uh uh-oh, oh, I forgot the bread. Let me put the bread there. So what you should do, even though you've already put the piece of fish, you should add the piece of bread if it's not yet yontif. Of course, you don't have to make another bracha. Now, Let's say all you have is a challah. That's all you put. You don't put any fish. What, and that's your air of Tavshila. So Mishabura says, you definitely cannot cook kugel, cook soup, if all you did was put a matzah down and say, this is my Erev. But now the question is, does it work the other way? The same way we said that if you put a piece of fish, you are now allowed on Yontif to cook kugel, to cook soup, because the fish was a cooked item, and therefore anything else that's similar, like a cooked item, you're allowed to do for the sake of Shabbos. Maybe once you put a challah there, or a piece of matzah there, you'll be able to bake all the bread you want. So it's interesting here, the Mishabura says, What's the machlokas? Let's take a look. So the Mishabura shows you these two Rishonim. They weren't, they don't, they don't roll off the lips of the average rabbi. They were Svarim that, uh, that were uh, well known in the time of the Rishonim, but were not so well known until the Mishabura um, and, and others, you know, they were printed in the 18th and 19th century, reprinted. They found the manuscripts. And it was here the Mishabura uh, saw that there's a machlokas whether it works. And then he says, Why? Because when you look in the Mishnah about Eruv, it says, Tabshilin. It's all about a Tabshil. And a bread is something that's not a Tabshil. Who says, now it's a machlokas in the Rishonim. Which Achron says that you are not Yotze if all you put is the matzah, that you really can't even use it to bake bread with? So Mishabura quotes here, if you take a look, he quotes the Marshal and the Galta Rebbe and even the uh, the one of the Achronim had uh, access to the notes that were put on the Rosh that quoted the great Rabbi Yitzhak Mivin or Zerua. Um, now, now the Mishabura says, even though these Achronim say, if all you put is a matzah down, you can't bake, he believes, when he did his research, 
that the opinions that said it wasn't it doesn't work at all, that's because they hold that you need um they because they hold that the main idea of Erev Tavshilin is something that was baked or cooked. So I'm sorry, something that was cooked, something that was boiled, something that was even broiled, but it wasn't baked. Therefore, um, since that's the essence of what an Eruv Tavshil, and remember, right, see with the word Tavshil, that's what it's about. So they hold that that's good enough, the Alter Rebbe and the others, the Marshal, they hold that Bidievet, all you need is something that's Mevushal. Bread is always just icing on the cake. <laughs> or on the bread. It's only extra. So therefore, according to them, if all if you put bread down, it doesn't do anything. But if you hold like the Vilnagon, the Vilnagon holds like the Rishonim that say you need to have two types of things for your Erev Tavshilin. And it was set that way from the original Takona to have to have a bread item, a baking item, and a and a cooked item. So, so Mr. Burr says, logic dictates that if all you have is the baked item, it should help for baking stuff. Anyway, even though that is the opinion of the Vilna Gon, the Mr. Burr says, we don't paskin that way. Um, and therefore, Mr. Burr says, if that's what you put down, he doesn't really believe we should be makele to allow you to even bake uh, if, if you put that. So it's a very interesting, again, it really gets to the heart of what is Erev Tavshilin, what, what was the original sense of what you had to do. Let's go on a little bit further. Shir Tavshil Zekazayas Bein Lechon Bein Payim. And this is why the rabbi can do it for a thousand people. All you need is a Kazayas, whether it's for one person or a thousand Bain betchiloso bain beselfo, which means, what does it mean betchiloso bain beselfo? Let's say you have to make sure, meaning that it's there. You've got to make sure you make sure nobody eats the eruv before you start cooking. So you got to make sure that you do have a kazayas left. And if it's less than a kazayas, if some of the cat got part of it, you might have a problem. So the fact that you made sure to put it right before yontif, but while you're using it, while you're baking or cooking on yontif, somehow the piece got eaten, that's a problem. So make sure you put it in a safe place that people don't get to it or the animals don't get to it. Um. The Ramah points out that, quoting the Orzeru again, by the way, that uh, that you should have, since it's best to have bread and a, a cooked item, the bread itself should be a beitza. It should be bigger than a kezayas, and that is the minag by the Ashkenazim, that if they're using bread, it's not just a kezayas piece, it's something a little bit bigger. Um. Obviously, if, if if you put a small little bulka, 
you, if you already put it down and the bulk is a kazayas, that would be good enough. Um, what is the, um, we talked about a, 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 a cook, a, uh, a cooked item. I mentioned a piece of fish. It can be kugel. The main idea, according to, uh, halacha though, and it's in the Gemara, uh, is that it needs to be lalafes boas apas. It's the type of thing that goes together with the bread. It's the type of thing you can maybe stick a piece of bread in or a piece of matzah, plop it on the piece of matzah and then chew on it. That's the type of item it should be. Again, most people wouldn't put kugel on bread, but, uh, I, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not so bad. Uh, so it's the type of thing that actually like goes together. Well, face means to hug the bread. It's the type of thing like the bread goes straight into. Obviously, hummus would be good, mutbacha, any of that stuff would qualify as the tabshil. What can't you use? Lafuke daisa. If it's uh, wheat, if it's like noodles, that wouldn't work. So noodles would be a problem. Um, why? Because you eat those separately. So having noodles might be an issue of, or, 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 or might, might be an issue of using them on, as your Erev Tavshilin. Well, Daisa technically means pieces of wheat that are boiled in water. Uh, cream of wheat, other things like that. Oh, that, so that cannot, even though it's cooked, you wouldn't be able to use those for your Eruv. Meshabura has a number of comments here. Let's take a look. Obviously, meat, fish, eggs. He quotes the Maril. The minig of the great Ashkenazi post-sake, Rabbi Yaakov Molon, the Maril, that he, when he did his Erev Tavshilin, he didn't like plop it on, he didn't take the piece of meat or, and plop it onto the bread. And he wanted it to be separate. It should be, you know, you have, like, you have a plate. I mean, we have paper plates that every, that, that are a dime a dozen. Um, uh, you know, maybe even cheaper than that. So it's very easy to put the two things separate. They didn't have plates were were a little bit more expensive then, but he would make sure he didn't just put the meat uh, on the bread. The meat would be separate. And the reason was because it's going to sit there and become meus as it drips into the bread. That's not the covet you want to have for a mitzvah. Um, do you need to have, uh, uh, we talked about bread. How about just a piece of bread? A kazayas, according to the Ramah Beitza, but does it have to be a whole bulk? I mentioned using a matzah. Where does that come from? That also comes from the minig of the Maril, the great Ashkenaz Posik. Um, and one of the reasons he did that was because he wanted the Erev Tavshilin to push to another mitzvah. We know many people take the um, the uh, the hadasim and the arovos that they've had for the Dalad minim, and they throw it into the fire to burn the chametz or other things like that. Um, many people take uh, 
esrog and um, they uh, crush it uh, or use it for besamim. This is the principle of once one thing has been used for a mitzvah, even though that mitzvah time has passed, let it be part of another mitzvah. That's a principle that we see in Shas. It's not just some chassidish idea that they came up with. We find it in the Gemara itself. The idea of... Yes. Even even it applies to people, if you remember the the widow of... um of uh, one of the um, Tanayim, I believe, or Marayim. Right, right. You're talking about wanted to marry her. You, yeah. you know the story, I'm sure. You're talking about Rabbi Lezer Bar Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's son, that Rabbi Yudah Nasi wanted to marry her after Rabbi Lezer died. And, and the Kelly that was used were, right? There's something, something like that, right? R- right. They, they, they used the marshals there about the uh-huh. right, But she actually didn't want the marriage. She actually didn't want. Uh, of course, but the, the, I like the, the uh, how it was uh, pronounced. In other words, the idea was you've, you've, been, you've been married to one person. Now maybe you could go and move to something else. Yeah, it's similar yeah. idea. I, I, I see it more in the sense that we don't just walk away. Ah, that's that myth to get rid of that, right? You know, look, we love what is it? It's a, it's a broom now. No, it's not right. a broom. It's right. not a broom. It still has a, a significance. So therefore, the Maril said, yes, this helped you cook for Shabbos. Let it be a whole piece so it could be Lechemishna. In other words, a piece of bread, all right, maybe you could eat it. Turn it into what you're going to use for your for your lechemishna. So therefore, if you start off with a whole matzah, that's the matzah or the whole roll that you could use to be your 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 two breads for shalashidas. So that was the idea of having a whole roll. Mishabur, um, when he speaks about daisa, he says that's basically made out of barley. He says, although I think it could be wheat as well. It's called uh, gegelach, um, which is basically you take crushed barley, and I guess it starts to stick together, and you boil it. People don't eat that uh, as a, they don't stick they don't dump their bread in that. It's not what they do. They eat it as a separate meal. People eat that instead of bread. Now, let's say you have a place where, well, I do it that way. <laughs> That's the way they do it. They, there's places where they stick their, they stick their spaghetti onto their, onto their baguette. I don't know. You could, I guess you could, you can see it happening. So even there, but we, we say, but That's the principle that we say that, um, that's weird. They're bottle. And even though in their place they do it, yeah, the Gemara says that was the Babylonians. The Babylonians used to eat daisa. They used to eat this, these, these, these boiled barley's boiled wheat. They used to eat it with bread, and the Gemara made fun of them. The the Bnei Eretz Yisrael made fun of them and said, "Oh, look at these Bavloi Tipshoi, these silly Babylonians. They don't realize that they're putting bread and bread together." Now, what about other sorts of kidney oat? What about some beans? What about boiling, you know, right? Yeah. Some bush baked beans, right? Maybe, or other sorts, or carrots. So there he says, 
that it depends on the minigamakomot. In your place, is this something that usually goes together or not? Um, so that would depend on where you are. In some places, these aren't considered part of a bread meal, but and they're not used to sort of like go together with the bread. And if you if you discover that's true, and that you can't use it. Um, on this, uh, the Mishnah Brewer writes, and the Sharat Siyun, he says, what about um, potatoes? You peel the potato and you boil them. Now, we're not talking about making um, mashed potatoes, I don't think. Maybe, even maybe mashed potatoes, but let's say, if a, you know, kartoffel. Mishabura says that he believes you eat a bunch of potatoes to fill yourself up so you don't have to eat bread. Right? That's what many, most people, many people eat on Erev Pesach, right? They're not, they can't eat matzah, they can't eat bread, so they eat potatoes. So, so a, 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 a number, well, let's say you've, you've boiled up some potatoes or you've made a potato dish, whatever it is, that's probably you can't use for Erev Tavshilin because that's not Lulafes Besapas. Similarly, he says, another thing that many people, especially in Lithuania, and, and here in America now, use to sort of fill themselves up is Arbus. Right? Arbus is generally, you don't stick the bread in it, right? That's like what you have. You, 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 right? Again, I've seen people do it. Of course, I've seen people uh, put Arbus, I've seen people put uh, boiled uh, and, and roasted chickpeas in their pita. I've seen that. But the Mishnah Burr was not familiar with that. The Mishnah world in Lithuania, the way people ate Arbus was, it, it was, it, it filled them up. And therefore, you couldn't use that for Erev Tavshilin. And he also then mentions the same thing is true when it comes to uh, beans that are called bub, right? Now, we know what this is, bubus. And this is what everybody, uh, you know, you've heard, I'm sure, the statement bubkis, right? That's what this is. These are these beans, um, I think I think they're lima beans, uh, I believe, right? Lima beans are bubus. That's what they're called. And that's, you know, when people think they translate the word bubkis as nothing, that's not what it means. Bubkis is beans. <laughs> I know many people think um, bubkis means nothing. Oh, bubkis. Don't give me that. That's bubkis. Now, but you know what I'm saying, Dr. Kogan, and, 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 and Les, I, I don't know if you've known this. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people believe bubkis means zero. That's not true. Uh, in, in, in the Russian language, bubby is uh, generic for any beans, by the way. Right. I don't know in, in the Yiddish coloring of it. That's But bubkis, yeah, I heard, obviously. So, but so. bubkis is really beans. That's what it is. It's I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean nothing. But, right. but, but something uh, worthless, something worthless. Or yeah, whatever. because that was considered worthless. Were you give me beans? Yeah. But it, it, it literally is so you so in the Mishnah Brewer's world, those are the things that you you should not use as a Rift of Shilin because it's it, now fish is different. 
but uh, the type of thing that your purpose of eating it is to sort of fill you up, that would be uh, you can't use for Erev Tavshilin. Now, it doesn't mean boiled. It could even be roasted, as the Shulchan Aruch says. It could be boiled to a, a very strong degree or even pickled or smoked. Um, you can still use those. And the Shulchan Aruch points out, quoting the Hagos Maimani, you can also um, use like a compote. You can take apples, and it doesn't have to become applesauce, but boiled apples is also good enough. And all those things would count for, uh, for what you want for Erev Tavshilin. Now, what about something that is heavily salted? That the Shulchan Aruch didn't say. Maliach, Avshu Choshev Keroseach, that you can't use. In other words, that already is not significant enough. Even though in many halachos in, 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 in kashras, salted is considered enough, here uh, we, we don't believe it is good enough. Now, this is a little bit of a chiddush, and I'll tell you why. Um, the Chacham Tzvi was makil to use herring. Now, herring was... Um, now, maybe I don't know how herring is made, actually. But the Chacham Tzvi's assumption was that it was not treated except with salt. You basically had the it's fish... Pickled. It's pickled, but I don't know where it qualifies. You're right. Right. So, so, so the Chacham Tzvi says it's mostly salts and spices... And the Chacham Tzvi said it should be as good as kavush, which is pickled. So, um, the Mogan Avram says clearly, though, that kavush, when you actually let it stay for like overnight or for 12 hours, and the, the spices work on it, that's the same as using heat and water. But an intense salting without sitting for a long time in like a brine or a juice, it's basically just salting it with various spices until it gets super salty. That does not have a din of, according to many, that you could use. And therefore, um, um, according to the Marshal and the Mogan Avram, you would not be able to use something which all you used was the salt factor, which would knock out herring, to be used. And again, you're right, there might be herrings today that are made differently. And that's what he says, Ein ma'arvin bedogim aluchim shakarin herring. Now, what about the herring that's not, <laughs> that you pack into containers? So, it's one thing if you caught the fish and you, you knew you caught the herring fish and you were salting it. But the ones that come in containers, though, they sit at the bottom of the container. There, there's, there, there's this oil and fish brine. So that already has a din of kavush. So a fresh, uh, you know, something you've, you've caught the fish and you salt it, 
that's not good. But if it's been processed or you processed it, that would be all right. So um, if that's the way the herring is, if it's been sitting in this barrel, so the fact it was lying in that that juice there for a while, that would be considered kovush, and that would allow it to be used that. Um, now, as I said before, it's got to be, according to the Mishnah Brura, it has to sit in the brine for 24 hours. Now, that's if it's water. I'm sorry, that's if it's water. I, I, I misspoke. If it's in vinegar or brine, that would be the amount of time she the amount of time it would take that if this would be fire, it would get super hot. So if it would take, you know, 20 seconds or a minute or two minutes or three minutes or 15 minutes to get hot, that's the amount of time you would need to put it in the brine to be considered kovush. And again, that would apply, as we said before, to the herring as well. Now, uh... thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.